Welcome to IdeaGen TV and the Global Leadership 2023 Summit. Today, I am ecstatic to have with us Kim Smith, Global Leader and Luminary. Kim, welcome. Hello, George. How are you today? You know, I'm fantastic, Kim, because we're going to have an incredible interview with one of the folks that I so deeply respect and admire because of your global leadership and the impact that you've had and that you will have. And so I'd like to dig right into that, right into the notion of leadership, because you have so many incredibly valuable nuggets for the millions of folks that will be watching this globally. Kim, could you tell us a little bit about your leadership experience and what led you to where you are today and where you see yourself in the future in terms of impacting humanity? Thank you, George, first of all, for the opportunity to come be a part of, uh, of this event. I, I sincerely appreciate you and I appreciate IdeaGen. I've uh, been working with you almost a decade now, uh, and I have over 30 years experience working in Fortune 100 companies, primarily in the high technology space, but also in financial services um, and across multiple industries, driving everything from cloud and digital experiences to end-to-end -end business transformation. Uh, I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to be part of this event and also have been a part of several of your leadership initiatives in support of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and I think some of the, the key things that we'll talk about today around leadership uh, have really gotten me through some you know, challenging times in my career and some great opportunities and, and leadership um, scenarios that, that I've been able to achieve. Kim, you know, it really has been an incredible, incredible run and in, with incredible impact. And we've had the unique privilege of working together to truly connect the dots in service of and in focus of achieving the global goals, those 17 global goals that were agreed to unanimously, as we've talked a lot about by all 193 member states of the United Nations. And so, including the United States of America, as I always like to point out, because these are not political goals. These are human goals. These are the global goals, the 17 global goals. And so today's focus is on leadership. And I believe, and we've had this conversation that everyone who is successful, everyone who is successful has stood on the shoulders of giants. Kim, who are some of the giants that you stand on the shoulders of? Oh gosh, there are so many. I think about uh, Rosemary Greco, who is the first CEO of Core States Bank, uh, where I worked um, early on in my career and watching her as a leader uh, really frame up the new, new future for financial services back in the early 90s um, when digital was being solidified. I think about um, people like Satya Nadella and, and other leaders in the technology industry who uh, have broken new ground in thinking about empathy and, and how people matter in addition to sustainable business practices. Um, and then I think about leaders that go beyond outside of, of technology. I think about you know, Deepak Chopra, I think about the Dalai Lama and, and other individuals who help us be better human beings. Um, but someone that stands out besides you, George, of course, is Dr. Chantaline Carpenter, who is the chief of the Commission for Trade and Development at the United Nations out of New York. And what I have honored uh, and been so humbled to watch over the years in Chantaline's leadership 
has been her ability to see the value of taking the sustainable development goals and the structure around the tactics and what it takes to accomplish them and make them relevant for leaders and titans of industry. And one of the big um, areas of focus that Chanteline has always had is the awareness that a CEO and a board of any company has to think about profitability. But in her mind, what she's identified are the tactics that help them think about being profitable and not giving up their core values as individuals, as people, as leaders, and as corporations. You can be sustainable. You can drive sustainable development goals and tactics and be profitable at the same time. And uh, for the first time in meeting her about a decade ago through and, and introduced by you, uh, it, it's just blown me away. She she really thinks about what it means for companies, for nonprofits, for public-private partnerships, and she's helped corporations and global government agencies um, really reframe everything from supply chain tactics to diversity and inclusion uh, to finding new ways to finance and create economics through E-Trade for All. And so Chanteline is going to be a leader that I'm going to follow for really for as long as she's willing to keep doing it. You know, that's so true, Dr. Chanteline Capretier and Anktad doing such incredible work globally. And I'd like to also talk about your leadership. So how would you describe your leadership style and ultimately the impact that that style allows you to achieve? Well, some of the leadership tactics I've learned throughout my career, some good and some not so great, I've been able to step back and really evolve and continue to grow and expand um, in a couple of key areas. And I think the, I would say the characteristics for me that really resonate and that I try to employ consistently are uh, number one, constantly being curious and learning. We are at a time, an economic time, a socioeconomic time, a time in our development as, as humanity where being makers and builders are what is going to get us through to the next stage of evolution. And being curious and being a learner at heart has allowed me to be a better leader. Um, it's allowed me to work hand in hand and side by side with my peers, uh, with the leadership that I follow, with the people who follow me, so that we can work together collectively to get to a common goal and a common vision. Uh, setting boundaries and goals that are lofty, that go well beyond what most people think they can attain, and then setting high uh, excellence targets for what it takes to execute against those lofty visions. If you don't have the tools and the capabilities, the mindset to build and grow and make, then it's really hard to get your head around what these lofty goals could be. Having limitless expectations for yourself and really striving for excellence along the way, having a bias for taking action and making a difference and making an impact is, I think, what makes a leader a leader. That was simply profound. You know, this is what I expected because I know you're an incredible global leader. But these nuggets, you know, really speaking directly to our global audience. I mean, to hear from you with all of the impact you've had, Kim, across the planet via your roles in corporate America. It's just profound to hear. Limitless, the words you use. Those are the words that leaders use because you know what? Words matter. Words matter. And having a word like limit, limitless in your lexicon 
when describing how you believe leadership should be demonstrated is profound. And so I'd like to take it a step further and talk about obstacles and challenges. Kim, what are some of the obstacles and challenges that you have faced in your career and how have you overcome them? Well, I'll call out the obstacles I think that we all face and, and it's the uh, the triangle trifecta, right? Time, resources and, and money uh, in any given situation. Most people think that in order to do their job, they need to have all the right tools and resources. Um, you've got to have the time to complete what's in front of you, the runway to do it, and then the, the financial backing and support to make it happen. And typically when there's a breakdown in any one of those axes, uh, it becomes difficult. It becomes challenging for us. We, we can stumble. And I personally have had many situations where without those, the right balance of those resources, um, it, it, it can set, set me off track. One of the things that I've done is is making sure that I've always got a plan B. You know, I was a Girl Scout uh, early on when I was a young young woman, and I learned very quickly that if you don't have a backup plan, if you don't have other ways that you can achieve something, if you aren't looking at a challenge and saying, oh, this is a puzzle I need to solve, as opposed to this is a problem and it's insurmountable. Um, it, it sets your mind in a different place. You look at it and you start to be focused more on solving the challenge. And that's where I typically like to spend my time and energy is when there's a challenge, whether I don't have enough time to complete things that are important to me in my life um, or that for a job that, that I need to get done, um, I will step back and say, well, what are some, you know, what are some trade-offs that I can make here? Because the reality is, as a leader and as a person, there are always trade-offs you can make. There's always something that's a little more important for you to achieve or accomplish than perhaps something that you need to be willing to give up. Um, and the concept of having it all is, is exactly that. It's a concept. You only have it all if you believe you want what you have. And it, at the end of the day, I think what's really critical for me as a leader is to constantly make sure that I'm making the right trade-offs, the right calculated risk that I'm taking on that's going to have the best payback for what I'm trying to achieve and accomplish. At no point in time ever in my career have I had the perfect, perfect trifecta of time, resources, and money. It's just never happened. And so that is an obstacle that I know I'm always going to face. And it's an obstacle that I always have to be prepared in order to make trade-offs to come up with that right calculated risk to achieve what's in front of me. You know, that that's so interesting um, when you look at, you know, what it takes to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And the way you look at it, when you look at it as insurmountable, as you mentioned, or as a puzzle where you need to either identify the piece or rearrange the pieces mm -hmm. in order to make it work. And that is the fundamental difference, I believe, between a leader and someone that may be aspiring to be a leader. Like, how do you look at issues? How do you begin to step back for a moment to be able to think through solving for versus becoming overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. just whatever it is. And, and it also embodies what I know that you embody, which is empathy. You understand. And that empathy I've seen in action. I've seen the empathy in action for Kim Smith as a global leader. And so 
I'd like to shift to teams now. Teams are so critically important. And there's no I in teams. We've all heard that. Kim, what do you believe is the key to a successful team? Well, I, I think there are a few things. One, trust is most critical. Being able to have trust amongst uh, the individuals who are working toward a common goal is is so critical. And the trust comes in, in many ways. But the, the two most critical forms are, can I trust you to bring out the best of, of what I need to be so that we can work together and get to, you know, compound interest of much more than what we would have achieved if it was just us individually. And then um, can I trust myself to be able to show up as authentically and as open and as trusting as you need me to be so that again, our compound value is much better than it would have been if we were um, separate. And one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, first and foremost, being authentic with myself and, and my teams that I've worked with in the past is being very upfront about what success looks like, but allowing openness and giving people the roots and the wings to be able to choose the path to getting to that way of success. You know, having a, a, a perspective and respect, healthy respect for diversity of thought, uh, for the, the diversity of neurological diversity, diversity of leadership, diversity of style, diversity of experience, all of those things matter and being open enough to accept everything that someone can bring to the table so that they can be their best selves, even if it's not something you completely understand or maybe even agree with. I think that's most critical. Um, the second component that I think is important, and this is just, it's not so much teaching the teams how to do this. It's, it's about embracing the ability to um, accept rejection. And the way I look at it is um, rejection is protection. If you're getting rejected in any way, shape or form by a leader, by another member, by maybe someone who is not receiving what it is you have to offer in the way you have to offer it, it's an opportunity to take pause and say, is this individual or the situation or the scenario going to be the optimal one for the experience that I'm trying to drive? And what's most critical about that is if you look at rejection in any way, shape or form as an opportunity for you to be kind of protected from what is coming at you, you know, kind of that that absorption of that rejection and saying, okay, you know, this particular product or deliverable didn't meet expectations. Well, let me dig into that. Why is that? That's not a personal attack, but maybe I didn't bring my personal self, my best self to what came out here or what can I learn so that I can improve upon where I'm going from here. But it's protection from ultimate failure. It's, it's protection to help you get to the point of success. All feedback is, is truly a gift and an opportunity to improve. Um, but sometimes we can look at rejection if there's too much of it or we are feeling overwhelmed by it as a sense of failure, personal failure. Um, it's difficult to bring ourselves, our best selves to the table when there's a, a sense of too much rejection. You're taking in too much. You're overstimulated by it for some reason. And what I've learned from that is, no, 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 you know, when you are in a situation where something isn't, the outcome isn't what you anticipated, isn't what was expected, you know, whether it's losing a job or losing uh, a team member or losing a project or losing a customer, step back and understand that that experience is protecting you from larger, larger failure points and giving you the opportunity to improve and truly bring the best of who you can be to the table. Such critical, critical insight. And so we've talked about team. What about leader? 
what do you believe is the most absolutely vital, most critical trait of a successful leader? Oh gosh, George, you know, I, I, it's funny. I noodle on this all the time. There, there, I, I like to say that there's just one trait. The reality is it has to be an amalgamation of, of maybe four or five different things and the right balance for that person. I think authenticity though, is the amalgamation of all those things, you know, truth, honesty, the ability to bring your best self to the table, the ability to be a willing to be a maker and drive trust with people. If you're your authentic self, if you feel safe enough to bring who you are to the table as a leader and show what you're capable of, then people will follow. Whether you actually have a leadership a position in your company or your organization or, or whether you're at the lowest end of leadership in the company, you can still be a leader in your organization. It just requires you to show up and be your authentic self, be brave enough to show who you are and what you have to offer and the rest will follow. You know, that's the perspective of a leader. You've demonstrated that in this interview. And I think that as you look at these critical components, there's one final area I'd like to touch on, which is culture. And culture is so incredibly important in companies in corporate America and organizations across the world. Kim, how have you in your career had to transcend different cultures? especially when working with teams that include such a variety and array of different cultures. Oh, you know, I, I have to tell you, I have personally in, in my, all my time in my career over the course of the last maybe year or so have stumbled upon what I consider the secret sauce. And it took me a long time to get there, but here's, here's what I think it is. You know, imagine, um, all the different experiences that you've had, personal and professional in your career, imagine them being tools in the kitchen. And your kitchen is now stocked with everything you could possibly imagine to build any meal that you would want to make for thousands of people or one individual person, but you got it all. The secret sauce around understanding and adapting and being able to be embedded into a culture isn't, well, do they treat their people right? Or what are their values? Because every every organization, whether it's a small startup to a large scale multi-billion dollar company has within the heart of, of who they've decided to be some amazing elements of their culture. And you can survive, but you can also thrive in those environments. If you think about this one thing, remember that your kitchen is fully stocked. But when you walk into an organization or a scenario, you don't open all the cupboards and pull all those tools out and say, I can make a cake in conjunction with a turkey and, and then I'm going to make some, uh, some vegan meals and I'm just going to have it all. You don't throw it all out there and make every possible meal. You bring out the right tools at the right time for the right meal, for the right recipient, for the right event. That is how you look at your experiences. That is how you look at your expertise. That is how you look at what you bring to the table. You have the ability, every one of us has the ability to thrive in every culture, in every company. So long as we're comfortable in understanding what are the tools and the experiences that I personally bring, that I want to share, that I'm capable of being authentic and exposing at the right time with the right people in the right moment. 
And so I really don't look at a company and say, oh, or an organization, that culture doesn't match me. Because quite frankly, the cultures are very similar in a lot of different ways. What's different is what people bring to the table and when they bring it to the table and how it surfaces and how it manifests in success and experiences. And that secret sauce has gotten me into a situation where I can go from one company that's perceived as one type of culture into another one that's a totally different perception of culture because of my adaptability and my ability to bring in only what I need, only what makes sense to leave my, well, this is how we did it here out of mind and focus on, well, this is what I learned in this experience. It's going to be totally different in my new experience, but that doesn't mean I can't still use these tools. And I, I truly believe in my heart and soul that that is an um, understanding culture and understanding fit and understanding what makes sense. It really comes down to you as an individual, what you have to offer and what you're willing to bring to the table to make the most amazing experience to thrive for yourself. Kim Smith, global leader and luminary. What is your final call to action for our global audience? We are, we are really in unprecedented times. And I would say that it's really difficult for a lot of people to get up every day and, and want to show up as their best selves. I get that. I see that. I've experienced that. And what I can say is that it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. We have incredible goals ahead of us, both through the sustainable development goals, as humanity, as, uh, as an economic leader in the worlds and the, and the geographies that we reside in, we have the opportunity to be builders and makers. My ask of all of you is to remember that, to show up as a leader, to be ready to roll up your sleeves and be part of solutions and then bring others along with you. Because there are generations of leaders behind you that are following and watching. And the best thing that you can do is to show them how it's done. Thank you so much, George, for your time today. I really appreciate you. Kim Smith, global leader, luminary. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for the insights. Thank you for your perspectives. And most importantly, thank you for all you're doing to change the world. Thank you so much, George. Thank you to IdeaGen and have a great day, everyone.